And we're back with Tazim. Now you've told us all about your parenting, your marriage, marriage that ended in divorce. Yes. Yes. All right. And you're still building your career. You're being a super networker. You're up there rising through the ranks. And then something happened because you're no longer a GM. Now you're a therapist and a speaker. So at some point, your life must have you must have taken a break and cut everything off and refocus. So could you tell us something about how that happened? Sure. So we talk about burnout. Yes. And we talk about feeling like the, the, the wax around the candle wick mm -hmm. has all melted and mm -hmm. the wick is dead. Right. <laughs> okay. Yes. So it's like, ah. <laughs> so at some point, I had worked with the company for uh, nearly 15 years. Mm -hmm. And... I just felt, I, actually, it was, it was, it was a, a crucial point where I, I had already started to meditate, okay. which was something fantastic. In fact, I started to meditate uh, two years before I applied for the divorce. And it was, mm. it was the thing that actually grounded me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I was very fortunate to come across this practice and to learn it. Uh, of course, by now, I had, over the last decade and more, started to ask those deeper questions. Why am I here? Why am, why am I suffering? Why is everyone suffering? Why, are, why do we exist? Mm -hmm. You know, those questions had become paramount for me through this process. Mm -hmm. So in a way, I, have, I really thank, and, and, and my ex-husband is, is a very interesting guy. He's a very uh, outward, hardworking, mm -hmm. uh, he's a good person. Yeah. He just didn't have what's, what was required yeah. to be a, you know, a good husband and a good father mm -hmm. because he didn't have the background. Mm -hmm. He didn't have anyone to lead him either. Right. So through that experience, I started to ask these questions more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And that's how I came across meditation. I came across a lot of books uh, because that's a lot of books when I traveled because I was in the, in the tour, uh, tour and travel industry. Yeah. Uh, I had access to getting this outside. Um, so I'd already started on this journey of, okay, I need to rediscover or I need to figure out why I exist. Yes. There's no answer to it, by the way, just in case anyone's waiting for an answer. <laughs> there's okay. no answer. Uh -huh. uh, it's, it's the experience of life. Yeah. And so when I, when I started the divorce procedure, I, I also realized that it was time for me to consider whether the work that I'd worked in the same period of time is where I needed to be and was it serving me as well. Mm -hmm. I think I must have been crazy. Okay. Completely off my head. Why so? Because to have, the, I, I don't know if I'd have the courage today. Okay. The, to have the courage to get divorced, move out of the house mm -hmm. and leave my job all at the same time. Right. Literally wow. pulling the rug out from under my own feet. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
I must have been nuts. Right. And I went to South Africa. I went to a town called Benoni. Mm-hmm. I was selected to represent Kenyan women in a competition mm-hmm. for women achievers. Okay. Wow. So when I was selected, I was married. I had a home had and a my, job. my job. By the time I went in November 1996, mm-hmm. I didn't have any. Okay. Wow. And so when I was being uh, interviewed, there was 15 women from different parts of Africa. And I came third. Okay. So that was pretty good for, for yes. Kenyan women. Yes. Uh, the, the, the judges were like, how would you do that? So, yeah, as you can see, I've made some decisions, maybe not all very well thought out or planned like, you know, most people do. I just made a decision, did it. Mm-hmm. All right. And that was, uh, that was a, a, yeah. And that's when I took a sabbatical. Okay. Because I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and, and the, the money I made, the, the pension I got in, in 15 years, mm-hmm. I had to use it for the eight months that I was not working. Yeah. I was exhausted. I was mm-hmm. sleeping. I was meditating. I was, um, I was tired. Yeah. And I had to re-look at my life and say, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. I'm 36 years old. And what happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Plus, I had to deal with all these emotions and I had to deal with... The interesting part was I I'd really had a lot of that come up yeah. over the years. So it was like, now I have two teenagers that I have got to cater for. I have no support system. Mm-hmm. And the support system that I did have, I've cut it off. And so I'm starting from scratch. Wow. Uh-huh. Don't ask me where that came from because I don't have an answer. Okay. Uh, it's like, even now when I'm talking about it, it's like, what? Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> I get it. I get yeah. it. Uh-huh. So um, following that, I took the eight months off. I rested a lot. Uh-huh. Um, and then I think around six months, five, six months, I started to look for work. Okay. I was so sure I would yes. find something. It wasn't uh-huh. so simple. Okay. Okay. Because I was one of those women that was out there, that was uh, bold, mm-hmm. that was challenging, mm-hmm. that was, didn't want, that didn't take nonsense. Right. And, you know, those are not the type of women that most people want to deal with. True, true, true. They want to deal with the mold they know. Yes. And ultimately, I was very fortunate that I got, uh, I, I met with the general manager of the Hilton mm-hmm. because I'd been, my office had been in the Hilton for all those years. And he was one of the most amazing guys I have ever known in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so was, you know, the, the company I worked for, the boss was amazing. I learned so much. Honestly, I was very fortunate to learn so much. Right. However, you know, it's it's like one knows or one feels that it's time to change lanes. Mm -hmm. And that's what I went through without even understanding it. Okay. I just had this huge trust and faith that all will be well. Mm Mm-hmm. Just from nowhere. And so 
I started to work for the Hilton as director of sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. That was another whole experience. Even though it's within the tour and travel trade, uh, it's completely different. Mm -hmm. So by the time I joined the Hiltons, I didn't even use, know how to use a computer. I had to learn to use a computer. Wow. And I had to learn how to get into this big corporate world. Yeah. You yeah. Know, international corporate world. So that was a whole new experience. Mm -hmm. So yes, that lasted two and a half years, at which time I met my, my I got into a relationship and I met uh, the second partner. Mm -hmm. And uh, his job took us to Canada. Mm -hmm. So we moved to Canada. So another huge change. All right. And uh, when we arrived in Canada, I, uh, I was offered a consultancy with an airline, mm -hmm. Alitalia. And so I worked with Alitalia and their tour operator side. They will promote, they wanted me to promote um, Italy to Canadians. Mm -hmm. So it didn't, it, you know, the fact that I was a tour operator here, it doesn't matter because it's the product and you can, it doesn't matter which country you're in, as long as you have those skills, yes. they were transferable. Mm -hmm. And communication and networking and all of that. It was quite challenging to move to a country that had a completely different landscape, mm -hmm. you know, completely different weather systems, completely different everything. Mm -hmm. So settling in on that, and before I even got my feet on the ground, 9-11 happened. Oh, wow. And you're in the toy industry. Is your, was your partner at the time also in the same? Yes. He, he, wow. he, was, he, was, he was actually the general manager of Alitalia. Okay. So they offered me a consultancy, but for another department altogether. Uh -huh. And it was called GA. Okay. So, uh, yes, this is how we managed yeah. 9 11 happened. Yeah. And my consultancy came to an end. Of course. And his work also. Yeah. And so that was a very challenging time for us. We went from living, you know, pretty comfortably to counting coins. Wow. Okay. And that also had an impact on our relationship mm -hmm. because it does, you know, moving country, having this kind of thing. Yeah. And so we, we, our relationship went on for seven years and then it came to an end. Mm -hmm. And then I stayed and, and then I went into a completely different industry, mm -hmm. real estate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How did that happen? So for eight months I, or 10 months, I had no work. And the savings were dwindling completely. And we were, we were actually, it was crunch time. Actually, before we even answer that question, I'm curious, how do you, because I'm sure there's a level of anxiety that hits you as you watch your money, you know, sort of run out and you still have your daily and monthly expenses. Did you experience any of that? Of course. How, how did you work around it? I was petrified. Okay. I was... Worried. I was yeah. concerned. Mm -hmm. that we were in a country that wasn't that you know we were not even uh, residents of yet. Yeah, we were just temporary residents, right? So I think the way my my mind works and has worked 
is what's the solution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So rather than getting paralyzed by the fear, and not that I wasn't, mm-hmm. but rather than stay in that, that stuck state, yeah. it's like, okay, what's the solution? The solution was, okay, we need to get our residency sorted out. We need to, uh, I need to start looking for a job. So my job became looking for a job. Okay. I was very fortunate because as I started to do this, I came across a, uh, you know, with, with like in Canada, there are a lot of courses that one can do mm-hmm. based on uh, understanding and honing in on what skills uh, you have and how they are transferable and how what positions they would apply to, mm-hmm. which would make the search simpler out there, out anywhere in the world today. But because I had not had to look, mm-hmm. now it was looking and searching in, on a completely different uh, background. Right. And I had to start from scratch. It was like literally when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. How do you look for a job? Yeah. And carrying this concern because... My partner had two kids. I had two kids and we mm-hmm. were supporting them. Right. Right? So how, how are we going to manage? And so, yes, all of that was there. Okay. You can't escape it. It's life. Right. And so I started to look for work. I did one of these courses, which was fantastic. Yeah. It was two weeks. It gave me a lot of oomph and confidence and uh, a great group of people, being with other people uh-huh. that were going through the same thing as me, uh-huh. uh, having amazing teachers leading it. Yeah. I was very fortunate. And uh, I was even more fortunate because they didn't charge me, even though I wasn't a resident, they right. managed to include me Wow! at that point. Uh-huh. So that helped me with the job search. So it became like, you know, literally I'm sitting on the computer from 8 in the morning, 9 in the morning to 5 in the evening, sending out my CVs, searching, researching, all of this stuff. Uh And this is how I found this position. Real real estate. estate. Okay. So in Canada? In Canada. And this was at the master franchise level. Right. I went for tons of interviews and all of them said, you're overqualified because you've got this experience and Mm -hmm. you've done this and you've had these positions. And, uh, and of course that famous question, which I can't stand, where do you see yourself in five years? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I could be so dead. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, that question doesn't work for me. Yeah. And so I'd say, Oh, possibly in your position. Uh Uh-huh. That didn't go down well. So I'm very honest, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so that didn't go down too well. So uh-huh. tons of interviews. Finally, I got this position. And I was with the organization for over, about six years uh-huh. at the Master Franchise. And I had to start from zero. huh? Right. Because you haven't sold real estate before. <laughs> no. And I wasn't selling. Yeah. Uh, being... Um, being the master franchise office mm-hmm. means that we had 210 franchises wow. and 4,000 agents Canada-wide that we took care of. And mm-hmm. we were 15 people at the head office that mm-hmm. took care of this entire operation. Okay. 
So my position would be to manage uh, referrals, to manage support, to manage customer service, to manage. Okay. And this is many roles as a single person. Right. So everybody was multitasking. Yeah. And so that was another whole new experience. I went from having a corner office mm -hmm. to a desk. Ah. Uh, yes. And none of the fluff. Yes. Ah. Uh, and I remember when my daughter came to visit me at the at the office, she went home and she cried. She says, what has my mother been reduced to? I see. Yes. So it wasn't a reduction. It was just life. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But the way she was so used to seeing me, you see mm -hmm. that. And so not only that, during that time, then we had home office options. So I ended up working from home many days a week. Okay. Like I'd go to the office Monday and Tuesday, and then I'd come home with my laptop and the phone, and calls would be forwarded, and I'd be at home from Wednesday to the following Monday. Mm -hmm. And the Monday and Tuesday I was at the office, it, everything was done on email and the phone. So I had no people contact. And I started really, you know, kind of sh shutting in. Mm -hmm. And so at one point I said, I, I can't go on like this. I need people contact. Mm -hmm. So my daughter was working at a restaurant very near the house. And I said, please go and talk to your boss and ask if I can have two shifts. Oh, wow. And she said, you're completely mad. Yes, I would too. <laughs> and I said, no, I just two shifts. You know, if I can work two, three hours, uh -huh. two hours or three hours uh, midweek and then maybe on the weekend, it'll just help me, you know, be with people. Yeah. I'm in a cafeteria. Yeah. Finally, I managed to convince her, and she says, but oh. I'm not working with you. <laughs> yes. And mm -hmm. so I worked two shifts okay. as a waitress. Wow. And then I was made into a supervisor, manager very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, it was fantastic. Right. Because I was working with these young people, customers would come. One of my best friends today mm -hmm. is someone I met at that coffee shop. Uh -huh. And he is a Canadian that lives in, lived in Mali and then has now moved to Ivory Coast. And I went and visited him in Mali. He came and visited me in Kenya. Uh -huh. That's where I met him. Okay. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the incredible mind shift because I find that human beings, we are attached to our titles and our job, <clears throat> excuse me, positions. So if I am a CEO right now, then I'll walk around this planet feeling and acting like a CEO until the position is yanked away from me. And it takes a great deal of refocusing your mind to sort of figure out, no, I am not a title. I am a person. And maybe the opportunities I should pursue are the opportunities that bring me joy, like you with the waitressing job. It gave you joy to be around people, and I suppose it taught you new things. But how, how do you reframe, how do you detach yourself from what you do to become who you are so that you can reach your passions? So because my, my life has been more about what is each situation here to teach me? Okay. 
it is not about, yeah, having the position. Uh -huh. Of course, I went through the phase of being arrogant and jinga, like you're talking about this yeah. idea of titles and yeah. carrying and uh -huh. feeling so special and so important and all of that, especially considering what I've been through. Then you, you, you know, you do go through that. Yeah. And I remember at one point, I actually got to a stage where I looked at myself in the mirror and said, I don't like you. You know, you have all these airs and graces. Uh -huh. And where is that going to take you? Yeah. Right? So it was important for me to make, to make sure that I didn't forget that this everything is temporary. Uh -huh. And I had, with the meditation, with the books I was reading, with, and I was, I, I, I'm not a course junkie. You know how you have the workshop junkies? Yeah. <sighs> I think Goodness. I'm turning into one of those. Are you turning into <laughs> one of those? Uh, be aware. Yes. I wasn't one of those. Mm -hmm. I wanted to learn, but I wanted to learn through my experience yep. and not just absorb other people's stuff. At this point, even at the same time, I had a thousand books. And one day I woke up and I said, I don't want to read anymore because I'm just taking in everybody's information, yeah. regurgitating it, and I don't have that experience. So I am going to stop right now and put those books in bags and I give them all away. Okay. Okay. So coming back to your question on how did I change this? I looked at it from the view and everybody goes through this. Don't yes. kid yourself that you're not going to go through this. True. This is life. It happens. Uh -huh. Is what did I have to learn from that? And what do I do next? And how do I do it and find the solution to that? And at the same time, know that it's not something I can hang on to because it may also go. Right. Yeah. So our biggest issue as human beings is the fact that we really get attached. Yes. We get attached to the titles, to the roles, mm -hmm. to the identities, to the part we're playing. To the partners. To the house, mm -hmm. to the partner, mm -hmm. to the clothes, yeah. to the car, to all of this. None of it is permanent. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make it easier. Mm -hmm. That's true. <laughs> doesn't make it easier. Yeah. Even if you have an idea about it. The fact is that it doesn't make it easier. And then I have also done uh, Vipassana. Okay. The 10 days of silence. Yes. And in that 10 days, I've done over, uh, I think I've done a dozen courses in the last 13 years. Mm -hmm. So that became more of my life. Front end, I, I had to work, have a job, make money, carry the guilt that... Uh, I got divorced. I put my kids through all of this, the guilt, the doubt. All of that was still happening while I was working through all of it. Yeah. Okay. And still pursuing this spiritual part of my life. Uh -huh. And through these courses, you, all, you learn nothing is permanent. Uh -huh. Everything is temporary. So that was very helpful. Although I did this in the last 13 years, I already knew about it. Uh -huh. um, and so, yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's not been easy. However, uh, that's the way it, it, it panned out. Right. And then 
after six and a half years, it was like six years. Um, I knew the job was coming to an end because we got a new CEO and uh, he didn't like women particularly and he didn't, I, I, him and I didn't... Get along. Not get along. The, the, it was, it just wasn't working. Okay. And I wasn't the only one. Okay. So I knew it was coming to an end mm -hmm. and I was like, I booked my first uh, Vipassana in Canada mm -hmm. in June of 2008 for December. Okay. And I already said that by the time December came, my life would be very different without okay. knowing. I already felt it. Yeah. So over the, these years, what had happened was my intuition had really started to sharpen. Yes. Uh -huh. So it, it felt like I, I would feel things, know things, you know, uh, because I was meditating. The mm -hmm. one thing is I'm very disciplined. I was meditating. I was learning more. I was following the spiritual path, even though front end I was doing, you know, the day-to-day -day living. Yeah. And so, um, of course, by the time December came, I packed it in with them. Um, I had made a decision to come back home. Okay. My aunt was going through cancer at that point, and I made the decision that I would go and spend a month with her before I came back. So all of this was happening when I went and did my first Vipassana. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what I was coming home to or what was going to happen to my life. Mm -hmm. Again, that faith and trust. And now I was 49 years old. For and 48 you know, going on 49. Yeah, and that's such a scary age to be trying something new. Didn't bother me. Okay, excellent. So age has not ever made me feel. Yeah. In fact, 60 mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. has had, a, not even 60 had an impact on me. I'm going to be 63 next month. Mm -hmm. And 63 seems to be like, oh, oh, really? Yeah. Kind of. But age has nothing to do no. with it. Okay. So mm -hmm. my. I called my ex-husband and I said, I need help. It's the first time I'm asking for help. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm coming back home. Um, whatever. I have to start from scratch. And I need a place to stay. I need a car. And I need help for six months. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. It was the first time in my life, really, that I'm asking for help. I'm asking for help. Yeah. the father of my children. Yeah. And honestly, he was amazing. Oh, that's nice to hear. He was amazing. Mm -hmm. He supported me through it. Uh, and he still has unresolved issues with our divorce yeah. till today. Mm -hmm. uh, but he supported me. Okay. Okay. And I landed. I had no idea what I was going to do. People in the tourist industry started to contact me and I said, I'm not going back to that industry. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do. And two weeks after I landed, the first interview I had with Kobe Kihara at Citizen. Yes. And I started to talk about change, progressive change, about how we as Kenyans need to look at value systems, how mm -hmm. we need to learn to communicate more effectively how we need to 
consider the kind of leadership we're operating on. And all this stuff just started to come, mm-hmm. started to come. And then I was interviewed by Jackie Tom at Drum. Yes. And, uh, and then it was every newspaper, every magazine, every uh, news agency, mm-hmm. radio, and it just took off. <laughs> That's amazing. And I was like, what, what is this? Mm-hmm. And then I created this whole array of diverse offerings mm-hmm. from leadership to uh, ther- talk therapy mm-hmm. to uh, talking publicly about things that we needed to move in another direction. Mm-hmm. And this is how I am here today. And then in 2016, 20, end of 2015 to 2017, yes, 2016, 2018, I studied. That's when I learned hypnotherapy and regression therapy right. to add amazing tools, life-changing tools uh-huh. to this diverse offering. Uh, and here I am today okay. speaking with you. Excellent. So we'll be back in a minute with more from Tazim's extremely inspiring stories. So hit that notification button and don't forget to subscribe and share.